Yesterday on the show, I pointed out that today, ordinary, common, run-of-the-mill people have a more sophisticated understanding of politics than the professional pundit and politician class. And I don't even mean that the, the people just happen to agree with us more. I mean, very technically, they actually know more things about the events that shape our politics. And once again, Nostradamus's prophecy was proven correct later that very day when ordinary conservative voters absolutely wrecked MSNBC's ridiculous narrative over January 6th. Doug Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking Opening doors. doors. So, yeah. I mean, I, they opened the gates. So and it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no, no. if they no, participated in January 6th. He didn't, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police An unarmed officer. female veteran. Which That's the only the one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No. It was a stroke. Attack. That's not. That's not, not on site. Caused by that, that's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. It was one woman. So, what do you him. make though overall of January sixth? I mean, it was watching that footage. It was pretty disturbing. I mean, there were people throwing excrement at the walls, and it was our, you know, it's the Capitol. That it looked a lot true. like Antifa's actions. Yeah, it looked a lot, except on a much smaller scale. It looked the same as the Black Lives Matter riots. That's it's what I saw. The similarities to be. Minneapolis burns. Kenosha burns. But so it's okay Waukesha just because burns. just because I, one side that you no. disagree with. Notice how she keeps moving the goalposts. <laughs> she says, well, the insurrection. Well, it wasn't really an insurrection. Well, you know, but all the violence. Yeah, actually, the only, really, the only violence, the only, at least the only killing was against the Trump supporters. Well, you know, but it was a, a complete uh, mass invasion and attack of the Capitol. Actually, some cops kind of moved the barricades and opened up the doors for them. Well, but don't you, don't you, don't you? Poll after poll shows that the people get it. They get it a lot better than the chattering class. They're in possession of much more information and motivation than the largely ignorant, almost entirely liberal punditocracy. Now, the powers that be have a choice. Do they let the people have the government they want? Or do they clamp down even further to get their own way? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Vinnie Durham, who says, I wish I would have known Michael was in England. I'm British and would have loved to have met him. Feels like a once in a lifetime opportunity missed. No, I assure you, my friend, it is not a once in a lifetime opportunity. Uh, they will make me the prime minister eventually. It's only a matter of time. They almost did this time. Instead, they picked an Indian guy who looks a lot like me. So it was pretty, it, was, it kind of looked like my Indian cousin, you know. And uh, I assume I'll be back very, very soon to take over the government and uh, reinstitute real, real conservatism back in, in the motherland. So don't worry, just stay tuned because we got to protect our country's and our communities, and our homes. And when you want to protect your home, you got to check out Ring. It is a wonderful time of year. Fall has so many wonderful things to enjoy. And I'm not just talking about pumpkin spice lattes. The kids are back in school. The chaos of summer travel has come to an end. And you can really get back into the swing of things. Now, for many of us, fall also can mean a lot of busy stuff. You know, work, school, sports, clubs, the list goes on and on. You may find yourself away from home more often than not. 
which is why I've decided to team up with Ring. With Ring security products, you can rest assured that your home and family will be safe when you're not there. The Ring doorbell notifies you when guests or packages arrive. Working parents, you can even watch from the office to make sure your kids get off the school bus safely. Ring's indoor cameras are a great way to keep an eye on kids and pets when you're not there. Ring alarm will alert you if any motion is detected while the house is empty. Plus, if you add smart lighting around your home, you can turn lights on or off while you're away or link your lights to select Ring video doorbells and security cameras so they shine when motion is detected. I love Ring. It makes me feel much, much safer, especially when I'm on the road. Head on over to Ring.com to find out how you can live stress-free this season with a Ring product that is right for you. That is Ring.com. Absolutely wonderful day yesterday for watching conservatives destroy the libs on television. I thought that focus group talking to that MSNBC reporter and correcting her facts repeatedly, it was such a breath of fresh air. It was so delightful. And then it was followed up by my pal, Senator Ted Cruz, going on The View and absolutely reading those poor cackling hens, the riot act. Try to say the election was fair and square and legitimate. You know who y'all don't do that to? You don't do it to Hillary Clinton, who stood up and said Trump but, stole but the didn't election. Storm you the don't, Capitol. Yeah, they didn't try to kill my Stacey former Abrams, who said boss. who said that the election was stolen. They sat here yes, and said it was illegitimate, right. and, and, it and was. you guys were fine with it. Okay, so, so, so it's illegitimate did, did when Republicans she, did, win, did, but not when Democrats. Win. No, you know, here's the thing: we may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go. Did, did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were Antifa burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, fired? I guess you Your it. position is the left doesn't engage in violence, really? No, they wanted to nuke our friend Mike Pence. Like, we how didn't do we do, make you sense just of that? accused us of doing something we didn't do. You said Hillary Clinton didn't say whatever she didn't say. I'm saying to you, listen. And she said we it's said, sitting here, and you we were fine come, with her saying it was illegitimate come, yes, for, for Republicans her it was. to win. She called so Donald Trump the next opinion. morning, and yeah. she conceded the election, Ted. Okay. Look. As did Stacey Abrams. All right. Sonny she, has she, she sat there while, while Donald Trump Hillary was getting Clinton sworn in. Hillary Clinton says Trump is an illegitimate Two president. Hillary Clinton right. says the it's, election is stolen from you. Hillary Clinton in 2002, George W. Bush was oh, selected, not elected. Paperwork. Joe Biden, oh, Al Gore was, was elected president. So Joe Biden yeah. claims just George said we W. Don't Bush scream was illegitimate. Right? I love it. At the end, the only thing that they've got, the only thing that they can possibly say is, hey, hey, hey. Keep your voice down. <laughs> That's it. Anna Navarro, who's one of the two fake Republicans on The View. There's the, the three libs and then the two fake Republicans, Anna Navarro and that chick who worked in the Trump administration. And they're, but they're both effectively Democrats and all they ever do is support Democrats. And so after they tried so hard, they said, Democrats never, they, they never storm any buildings. They never riot or anything. It's like, well, what about BLM and Antifa for eight freaking months? Well, the Democrats never question the elections. Um, actually, I've got the receipts right here. They constantly question elections with far less reason, by the way, than the Republicans had in 2020. Well, the, well, the, hey, Ted, keep your voice down. Yeah, right, because he just completely destroyed your ridiculous narrative with facts and logic. What, what he's saying is, there's just two sets of rules here. And so Senator Cruz goes on TV. He says, absolutely not. Uh, we're, we're, uh, 
we're going to push back now. We're going to not accept your ridiculous narratives and and have to clutch our pearls and say, well, you know, you're right about the January 6th. Well, you're right about Donald Trump and the Terry says, no, you guys do way worse stuff than we do. Way, way worse stuff. You uh, frankly are lying about the events that the Donald Donald Trump's denying the election or January 6th or whatever. You're lying about it anyway. We're just not going to take it anymore. We're not going to play that game. I think at this point, if the election were fair and square, it would be an absolute landslide. They have to cheat. They have to cheat. It's the only way <laughs> that they're going to win. And you're already seeing this happen. So right now, I mentioned yesterday on the show, John Fetterman, who is that, that Democrat Senate candidate in Pennsylvania, Fetterman finally agreed to a debate with the Republican candidate, Dr. Oz. Now, of course, Fetterman pushed the debate as long as he possibly could, as late into the game as possible, because voting's already been going on in Pennsylvania since September. So he's hoping, okay, well, I'm obviously going to look terrible at the debate, but if I can encourage enough people to vote before the debate even happens, then it's not going to matter quite as much. And now John Fetterman's campaign is insisting that he be allowed to use an earpiece during the debate. And so why will he use the earpiece? They're saying it's because he had a stroke and his health is obviously terrible and he's certainly not fit to be a U.S. senator. He's not morally fit or intellectually fit, but now he's not even fit as a matter of his own health. And so he needs the earpiece to help with his, quote, lingering auditory processing issues. So they say, we are prepared for Dr. Oz's allies and right-wing media to circulate malicious viral videos after the debate that try to paint John in a negative light because of awkward pauses, missing some words, and mushing other words together. John has had a remarkable recovery, but the ongoing auditory processing challenges are real. The campaign insisted on closed captioning technology because it's necessary. So notice what they're saying. Malicious, awful, terrible viral videos of John Fetterman in his own words. Malicious, awful, terrible, dishonest, fake news videos just of this man speaking. Isn't it? It's so malicious to present the Democrats saying what they will say and doing what they will do. But furthermore, do you remember in years past, when there were these kind of crazy conspiracy theories that certain weaker candidates would have an earbud in during the debate to get information and get direction during the debate. And, and you say, I don't know, in that debate, Joe Biden, that guy is so slow, but I bet he had an earbud in. And so that's a crazy wild conspiracy theory. Now they're just doing it openly. Now they're just doing it brazenly. They are actually wearing earbuds. And they're saying, yeah, we're going to wear earbuds during the debate. Why? Oh, because our candidate doesn't understand anything. So we need to feed him information during the debate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are you, and what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> they're, they're not even hiding it. It's The powers that be are getting so much more brazen about this. There was a great, this was probably the greatest tweet of the entire month. It just popped up. It's from Max Boot. You know, he's that fake Republican who writes for the Washington Post. He said, if current trends hold up, Republicans are likely to take over at least the House and quite possibly the Senate too, along with many state offices. This is how democracies die, both at home and abroad. <laughs> Did you, if current trends hold up, the people are going to elect Republicans. This is how democracies die, both at home and abroad. Not sure what that word democracy means. It, well, it, what it shows you is that the Democrats, 
and the entire liberal establishment, which includes the fake Republicans as well. Like, you know, on The View, they have two fake Republicans, Anna Navarro and that chick from the Trump administration. But they're, they're effectively Democrats. They, all they ever do is support Democrats. And Max Boot, the same thing. He just supports Democrats. And, and what they're telling you is that their, their understanding of democracy has nothing to do with the actual meaning of the word democracy. Their understanding of the word democracy is the liberal status quo. And so when the people challenge the liberal status quo, when the people speak out against the lies that were being told, when the focus group from Pennsylvania goes on MSNBC and says, you're actually lying about this and lying about that, and you're misrepresenting this, and we actually have the facts, then we're told, well, that's a threat to democracy. When the people want their voices heard, that is, of course, a threat to democracy. Now, when we want to protect our assets from this crazy, tempestuous climate, we need to check out Birch Gold. Right now, text Knowles to 989898. The Labor Department's Consumer Price Index, which catalogs the cost of goods, services, food, and rent, rose 0.4% over the month of August, double what many economists had anticipated. Perhaps worse, core inflation, which excludes food and gas prices, saw the highest increase last month that it has seen since August 1982. What is the current administration doing to quell the surge of inflation? Spending more of your taxpayer dollars, of course. Don't bury your head in the sand while your savings deplete. Diversify into gold with Birch Gold today. Text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. The experts over at Birch Gold have almost 20 years of experience in converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Gold has always been your best hedge against inflation. A diversified savings can protect you from the downturns in the market. If you have a 401k or IRA that's underperforming, just text Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, to 989898, and you can convert that into an IRA in precious metals right now. Birch Gold Group has an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Text Knowles to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on diversifying into gold tax-free. Take the necessary steps to hedge against inflation today. Protect your hard-earned money. Get your free info kit by texting Knowles to 989898 now. Speaking of the brazenness of our ruling elite, you've got a situation now where the, the people who in any way question the regime will face horrible, horrible consequences. They could be, they'll be investigated. They could be imprisoned, thrown in solitary confinement, you know, like the, like the grannies who, who stormed the Capitol Rotunda on January 6th. They, they could be uh, ordered by a court to pay a billion dollars or now possibly even trillions of dollars in the case of Alex Jones. We'll get to that a little bit later or, or sometime this week. You, you, you see that anytime any conservative does anything that can even be somehow twisted as being wrong, they'll have the book thrown at them. Meanwhile, the people who lie and cheat and steal and deceive us with far greater power and efficacy, those people get off scot-free. And the greatest example of this, of course, is that Fauci-ouchie that some of us were very skeptical of from the very beginning. And we had episodes of this show taken off the internet because we raised doubts about the efficacy of that vaccine to prevent you from catching COVID, uh, about the efficacy of that vaccine to stop you from transmitting COVID. And now, they're, not only are they admitting the, are the establishment powers admitting that we were right the whole time, 
but they're now denying that they ever contradicted us. Great example of this is just trending on Twitter. Recent claims about Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine trial and impact on transmission are misleading, fact checkers report. According to the Associated Press, Pfizer never claimed the clinical trial of their COVID-19 vaccine evaluated its effect on transmission. Reuters also reports that in clinical trials, vaccines were found to give recipients a high level of protection against severe disease, but effect on transmission due to trial sizes could not be immediately determined. So we never said, what are you talking about? We're not talking about if you can transmit the virus or necessarily as a part of that, whether you can contract the virus. No, no, no. We just always said, we at Pfizer always said that the vaccine will simply prevent you from, from coming down with severe illness or hospitalization or death, right? That's what they said. Because I've got a tweet here from Albert Borla, who is the CEO and chairman of Pfizer, who says, excited to share that updated analysis from our phase three study with BioNTech shows, uh, also showed that our COVID-19 vaccine was 100% effective in preventing COVID-19 cases in South Africa. And then just to add a little cherry on top, he says, 100%. (laughs) So they're just, they're just lying. The Associated Press is lying. Twitter is lying. Pfizer is lying. And they're lying in a way to not only say that we were right in the first place, but to say, in a way to say that we weren't right because there was never anything that we were contradicting because they never made the, the claim that we disputed in the first place. What are you talking about? And, and it's amazing because there were people, there were people on the right, so-called conservatives, who at the time said, oh no, the vaccines are great. They're so terrific. Everyone should take the vaccines. Maybe we should even mandate the vaccines. They're just so wonderful. And, and I thought, what are you basing that on? They said, well, you know, all the studies and all the studies and all the, the promises of the Pfizer CEO and Joe Biden and Rochelle Walensky and Dr. Fauci. I thought, right, but those people are all liars. They're all liars. They're all extremely corrupt. There are huge financial and political incentives for them to deceive us. They have a track record of deceiving us. And we have very little leverage or power in this thing at all. So why on earth would you give them the benefit of the doubt? Why on earth do you think they have any credibility at all? And we were called crazy, wild conspiracy theorists. And now Pfizer, Pfizer itself is trying to pretend that it had the same opinion we did the whole time. So what else are we right about? Remember, at the t- in the early days of that vaccine, I mean, I'll just think about my own wife. My wife was pregnant when these vaccines came out. And our families were really trying very hard to pressure us to take the Fauci ouchie. And my wife was very hard line about this. And she said, I'm pregnant. I'm not taking some experimental drug. Certainly not while I'm pregnant. Are you insane? And then you hear anecdotal cases about about people having problems in their pregnancies after they took the vaccine. And you could say, well, it's just coincidence. Well, okay, but there are a whole lot of coincidences that are going on. And you'll remember at the time, people said, forget about even pregnancies. There is no way that the vaccine in any way can affect a woman's menstrual cycle, period. Not at all. It has nothing to do with that. And then what did they admit? Six months or a year later, Okay, well, yes, it actually does affect women's menstrual cycles, but it's not a big deal. Don't worry, it's usually only temporary. Okay, well, sometimes it's not just, not just a short period of time, but it'll go. Anyway, never mind, it's not a big deal. Move on, move, move on, nothing to see here. These people have no credibility. Then you see a video like this. It's been going viral on TikTok. It's Katy Perry. It's Katy Perry on stage wearing some silly costume. 
with her face kind of glitching out. It's actually half of her face. She's there on stage, and her, her eye is super droopy, and then she lifts her, her hand up to try to, to open her eyelid, but it just dips down again, and then she's got a, it's, it's horrifying. I mean, it's like a, it's out of a cartoon or something like that, and when you look at that video, what does this have to do with COVID or the vaccines? I don't know, possibly nothing, but Katy Perry there looks a lot like Justin Bieber did. Uh, in, in June of this year, Justin Bieber, who said he was suffering from Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, which is similar to Bell's palsy, and his face was partially paralyzed. And you could see that one side of his face was not cooperating with the other side of his face. Now, he, he didn't say at the time that this was caused by the COVID vaccine, but there was a study that was published last September that highlighted a connection between Ramsey-Hunt syndrome and the mRNA coronavirus vaccines. Now, Katy Perry is demonstrating the exact same behavior. I mean, there's so many stories. We could be here all day talking about these stories. And what the libs want you to believe is if you, if you point this out, if you notice this, you're a wild, crazy conspiracy theorist. You're, you're not a smart, sophisticated person. You're a wild, crazy, ordinary, run-of-the-mill, probably local, you know, overall-wearing, redneck, hick dummy. Except for this issue. Those overall-wearing, redneck hicks don't have any of that big, smart, prestigious learning. Those people time and time again, demonstrate a much more sophisticated understanding of politics, of just, of just the bare facts of what's going on, than all the geniuses who have made themselves our, our ruling elites. The, those unwashed masses have a much better record on the major political issues of our day. Forget just COVID, on all of the big issues, on immigration, on the economy, on energy, on foreign policy. They've got a much better record than the Fauci's and the Bidens, and the Walenskys, and all the, all the geniuses, supposed geniuses, who couldn't govern their way out of a paper bag. Speaking of bizarre performances, this is my absolute favorite story of the week, and it's not getting a ton of play because it relates to something that happened like 50 years ago. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the story of Seicheen Littlefeather. You, you may or may not remember Seicheen Littlefeather. When Marlon Brando won the Oscar for The Godfather, he didn't show up. He sent, supposedly, a Native American to protest the, the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. This was a Native American named Seicheen Littlefeather. Marlon Brando in The Godfather. Accepting the award for Marlon Brando and The Godfather, Miss Seicheen Littlefeather. Hello, my name is Sasheen Littlefeather. I'm Apache and I'm president of the National Native American Affirmative Image Committee. I'm representing Marlon Brando this evening and he has asked me to tell you in a very long speech, which I cannot share with you presently because of time, but I will be glad to share with the press afterwards that he very regretfully cannot accept this very generous award. And the reasons for this being are the treatment of American Indians today by the film industry. Excuse me. 
this was one of the most famous moments in the history of the Oscars. Apparently, John Wayne had to be restrained from going up and just like throwing this woman off the stage. But it's a very, very famous moment. It's one, really kind of the beginning of the politicizing of the Oscars and making it all about this partisan nonsense. Well, anyway, 40, 50 years later now, it turns out that that Apache lady, Sachin Littlefeather, does not have one drop of Apache blood in her. She And you, get, you look at her, you say, she doesn't really look Apache to me. It was completely fake. She was the Rachel Dolezal of the Oscars. Sachin Littlefeather, her, her biological sisters, Rosalind Cruz and Trudy Orlandi, uh, say that Littlefeather is not Native American at all. She says, it's a lie. My father was who he was. His family came from Mexico and my dad was b- born in Oxnard. She's <laughs> just not Native American at all. And so the reason I bring this up is to, to, to point out how long this kind of crazy identity politics game has been going on. It's been going on a very, very long time. And the kind of delusions of this and the impulse for people to create their own identities that are frequently divorced, totally divorced from reality and to claim a kind of victimhood and, and the idea that victimhood carries currency. This is not just some new thing that the snowflakes invented 10 years ago. This, this is a, an enduring feature of American politics that goes back at least 60 years and I think goes back much further than that. Uh, also, it, it, it should give conservatives a little bit of hope to think about in this moment, Seachine Littlefeather had, had become this symbol of progress civil rights, liberation, breaking through the terrible, oppressive treatment of the Native Americans and all this. And then now overnight, for the people who still think about that moment at all, its meaning has been completely inverted. Now it's ugly, it's, it's humiliating, it's preposterous, it's wrong, it's bad. And it reminds me of a line from Cardinal Manning, who I quote on this show a fair bit. Manning is the one who said that all politics ultimately is theological. Here's another great quote. He says, there is a day to come which will reverse the confident judgments of men. In that day, the first shall be last and the last first. The wise in this world will be fools and the fools in this world wise. The mad in this world will be the heirs of a better. And this should give conservatives a lot of confidence. There is a day to come which will reverse the confident judgments of men. And it doesn't necessarily feel like that at the moment. We feel like we are so put down. The libs have all of the power. They just lie and lie and lie. There's very little that we can do about it. But they, I don't think that they will be able to hold on to that power forever. I don't think the libs are omnipotent. Okay. And I think they are, they are one of the reasons they are clamping down so much right now is they feel their power slipping away. They feel their grip weakening right now on the American political system. I think that's why they're becoming so much more hysterical. I mean, if, if you were to hear the story about January 6th a year ago or a year and a half ago, e- even a great many conservatives would believe that the, uh, the Trump supporters were armed. They, they brought guns into the Capitol. They were about to rape AOC. They killed police officers. They were just st- exclusively storming the doors, tearing things down. They probably set the damn place on fire. And the facts were not in accordance with that narrative. 
In fact, none of that was true. Obviously, there was bad stuff that went on. People broke windows, and they, there, was, there was plenty of bad stuff that went on. But AOC wasn't even in the building. <laughs> she was in a different building <laughs> nearby, but, you know, come on. Uh, the only pr- people who were killed on that day at all were Trump supporters, and the only person who was killed in political violence was Ashley Babbitt, who was killed by a trigger-happy cop. The Trump supporters were not armed. They weren't busting in there with AK-47s and AR-15s. And crucially, the Trump supporters were permitted into the Capitol in a great many cases. Cops moved the barricades. Cops opened the doors in a great many cases. And just just that totally transforms your understanding of that day, of what really went on. And it, it happens very often. This happens just as a matter of history and historiography. Our our perception and our conception of these kinds of events and of historical figures and historical movements and and the way that we view human, human nature in the world, it can change very, very quickly. And I think that we are on the cusp right now of the, the liberal established view of the world just collapsing. And, and the people are clearly, clearly waking up about this. You, you can see, speaking of deceptive appearances, you, you can see the logical conclusion of the libs just insistence on on politics as a matter of just pure tyranny of will, divorced from logic or reason or facts or reality. Uh, You can see this in the trial of Daryl Brooks. Daryl Brooks is the Wisconsin guy who killed six people by driving his SUV through the Christmas parade. He's a radical BLM supporter. And usually on, on the Daily Wire, we have a policy where we don't name mass killers because we don't want to encourage other people to do it. In this case, though, we sort of have to name him because it's, it's essential to the story of how he is now trying to defend himself. And Daryl Brooks is now trying to defend himself by saying, Daryl Brooks, yeah, I don't, sorry, that's not who I am anymore. Which you can recall? Do I remember if I can recall? Do you remember the disturbance you recall? Yes, I do. Would you state what that is? What, well, what that was, rather? Uh, I heard a horn beeping, and then a Ford Escape came through the um, parade route, and you drove past me and wouldn't stop, and you continued driving into the parade route. Who is you? Uh, Daryl Brooks, the defendant, seated at the table. Um, let the record reflect that I do not identify by that name, nor do I know anybody by that name. So the reason that the killer, Daryl Brooks, is questioning the, the witness is because Brooks has decided to be his own lawyer, because he probably is a fairly crazy person. Uh, and, uh, and now his defense is, I don't know anyone by the name of Daryl Brooks. Daryl? No, sorry, doesn't ring a bell. And sure, that seems crazy, why is this crazy? Why is, why is it any more crazy for Daryl Brooks to say, I am no longer Daryl Brooks, than it is for Richard Levine to say, uh, now I'm Rachel Levine. I don't know anyone by the name of Richard Levine. No, I, the assistant health secretary, I'm Rachel. Uh, no, Bruce Jenner, I don't know anybody by the name of Bruce Jenner. I'm Caitlyn Jenner. Why? Why is it crazy? <laughs> why? It's the same thing. It's exactly the same thing. And there are even a great many conservatives who will say, well, you know, you can legally change your name. And so I'm perfectly willing to call Richard Levine, Rachel or whatever. 
Okay, so then we shouldn't, we should call Daryl Brooks whatever name he wants to be called now. The art, the, the killer formerly known as Daryl Brooks. Now, what, what's crazy about him saying I'm no longer Daryl Brooks is he is insinuating, I think, by, by saying that, that he does not bear any responsibility for what Daryl Brooks did, namely kill a bunch of people in a Wisconsin Christmas parade. But even, even if Daryl Brooks no longer were Daryl Brooks, even if he identified as R- Rachel Levine or whatever, he, uh, he, he cannot thereby escape his responsibility and his obligations. And I think, by the way, this relates to the whole transgender question. Yes, you can conceive of yourself in any number of ways. I mean, this is, the, this is where I, I kind of think the conservatives go the wrong direction when they say there's no such thing as gender expression. There's only, there's only sex, you know, chromosomes and that sort of thing, and genitals. There's no such thing as gender expression. Of course there's gender expression. Of course men can be effeminate and women can be butch. Of course. You can have any kind of conception of yourself that you want, but that doesn't, that doesn't excuse you from your duties and obligations. And so on the transgender question, men have a responsibility to act like men. I think that's really what it comes down to. I think that's really how we're going to win the gender question. It's not by denying that people can have kind of eccentric sexual identities or sexual desires. Of course people can. It's a fallen world. Uh, You know, a ton of people have weird sexual views of themselves. But that's not an excuse to escape your responsibilities. You, You are who you are. Daryl Brooks did what he did, and he's got to be held responsible for that. Richard Levine is a man, and he has a responsibility to dress like a man and use a man's name and use the men's bathroom and not the women's bathroom. And yes, that will will limit his indulgence of his fantasies. Right. We have a response. We don't have a right to just live in fantasy land anymore. And you are going to see this more and more in the coming years. People are sick of fantasy land. Because when, when we live in fantasy land in politics, then, there is, then we just can't even communicate with one another. We can't even have a society. When we can't even agree on a basic set of facts or the meaning of words, then there is no such thing as society. And so this is where you're seeing exasperation from people like these, those Pennsylvania voters to the MSNBC host or Ted Cruz to the, the hosts of The View. He says, no, no, no. <laughs> You're, you're, you're urinating on my leg and telling me that it's raining. Lady, I got the facts. I got the receipts, okay? We got video. We got audio. We got everything. Say, no, that's not. I don't identify with Hillary Clinton saying that. No, that's not how I identify Stacey Abrams as denying an election. Okay. All right, fair enough. Speaking of identity and Indian women, uh, Joe Biden just, just paid a very high compliment to uh, Kamala Harris. Maybe the highest compliment that Kamala Harris could possibly deserve. Take a listen. And you elected the highest ranking black Indian with Indian background woman in American history to be vice president. The highest ranking black Indian Indian woman with black... I. In American, you can tell even Joe Biden is clearly tired of identity politics. <laughs> I think he's tired of most things, but he's obviously tired of identity politics. He can't even get through it seriously. And we, and this is what the Democrats always rely on. We got to elect Obama. Why? Because he's black. Yeah, but we don't know anything about him. Yeah, that's fine. He's black. Yeah, he seems kind of radical. Right. Yeah, but he's black. 
Yeah, but he's really young and he hasn't accomplished really anything in his life and he's got no track record whatsoever and he's got uh, really some disconcerting kind of connections in his past. Yeah, yeah, but maybe you didn't hear me. He's black and it's so important that we have a black guy in office for some reason. I don't know why, but for some reason. And by the way, Barack Obama is Pericles compared to Kamala Harris. I mean, Kamala Harris is one of the least impressive human beings I've ever seen. Forget about least impressive politicians. She is truly one of the least impressive people I have ever met. And and I know some real derelicts, okay? I know some real, real degenerates. But what has Kamala Harris done? What has she ever accomplished? She's held some political positions. She... She basically, she was picked as vice president because she's a black woman. Biden's saying it again there. And he said it at the time. He said, I'm going to pick a black woman. He had three choices. Susan Rice, who was the Obama fall man on Benghazi. He couldn't be her. Uh, Karen, Carol Bass, Karen Bass, who's a uh, actual communist. Was not, that was not going to work. And Kamala Harris. So Kamala got it by default. I think she was the first person out in the Democrat primary. Yeah, but she's a black Indian. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Do you think anyone actually cares about this? Look at public opinion polling on Kamala Harris. No one likes her. (laughs) No one supports her. But it's it's such a threat to democracy, you see, that now the, the majority of the American people hate the Democrats' policies. They hate the Democrat politicians. They hate the direction that the Democrats are taking the country in. And they fully intend on voting the Democrats out in two weeks. That's a threat to democracy right? Doesn't that make sense? Now, in in other parts of the world, you are seeing the political system react to the will of the people and start to take the desires of the people into account. You're seeing this right now in merry old England. And did this announcement come out because I was just there? I don't know. Maybe I'm not saying I did cause the UK government to fall. Maybe I caused the National Health Service to abandon the gender-affirming, quote-unquote, model of care. Regardless of the responsibility, this is really great news. The NHS has proposed new guidelines advocating for a more cautious approach to treating sexual confusion in minors. After conducting a systemic review of evidence, England's NHS is proposing these new guidelines. They recognize that children and adolescents identifying as trans might be experiencing a transient phase, which is really, really good, and that doctors should not encourage them to change their names and pronouns as social transition is not a neutral act and uh, could have significant effects in terms of psychological functioning. So this is good. This is obviously the right thing, and the vast majority of people agree with this. There was that poll. I just read it on the show yesterday. 80% of of Americans, at least, think that we shouldn't trans the kids, and I'm certain the numbers are similar in the United Kingdom and throughout the entire world. Of course, this is the case. So why is it that the UK is reacting and actually ceding some ground here? But in America, you've got Joe Biden absolutely doubling down. You know, it feels like a good time to read another email that The Daily Wire was CC'd on in an ongoing ad segment called Breakup Letters. These are real messages from former Harry's Razors customers who canceled their subscriptions and switched to Jeremy's. Today's letter is from a man writing to Harry's. Quote, I've been a subscriber since 2015, but I'm canceling because I'm one of the knuckle-dragging savages that believes in traditional morality. I stuck with y'all after the Gillette Razor snafu, but I'm leaving because of your treatment of Daily Wire. Delete my account. Well said. 
when it comes to all these woke virtue signaling companies, delete my account is the new lose my number. And frankly, the only acceptable response to a partner who hates you. So if you're a man who also believes in traditional masculine values, such as, you know, um, not wearing a dress or ritualistically declaring that boys can be girls and girls can be boys, it's time, it's long past time that you ditch your woke razor and pick up a Jeremy's razor. Go to jeremysrazors.com, get 40% off your founder's shave kit today. That's jeremysrazors.com. Stop giving your money to woke corporations. Give it to Jeremy instead and keep the breakup emails coming by copying us at reviews at jeremysrazors.com. Why is it that the United Kingdom seems to be more responsive to its voters, at least, at least with regard to the transgender issue, than the United States is? I thought the U.S. was supposed to be the most thriving, functioning, responsive, free, and equitable democracy in the history of the world. If it ever was that, it certainly wouldn't seem to be that anymore. I, I certainly do not think today that America is the most democratic nation on earth. Far from it. I think there are many countries that are far more democratic than the U.S. is. And here's the example of this. Well, one, the president of the United States and half the country says that if the other half of the country ever wins power, that it's completely illegitimate and fascistic and we need to do everything we can to stop it. We need, we, they are not legitimate players in our political process. Their very existence poses a threat to democracy. So that, that would be one big problem. But, but there's, there's another issue, which is the American government right now does not seem to have to be responsive to the people. And, and for decades, this has been the case. How is it that the majority of the American people want to drastically reduce immigration, and yet we only ever get more and more and more immigration to the point that we're having 3 million immigrants in the last year come into the country, 2 million of whom are illegal? How is that the case? You, you've seen a big push against uh, imperial wars abroad among the American people. I suspect the vast majority of Americans oppose the kind of imperial wars that we've engaged in for many decades now, and yet the foreign policy never changes never changes. No matter, the Republicans get elected, the Democrats get elected, we get more immigration, we get more imperial wars abroad, we get more outsourcing of our industry, we get a, a, more of a, a reduction of, of religion in the public square, we get more weird sex stuff, which again, I strongly suspect the majority of Americans oppose and the polls reflect that. What's that about? How, how come on, on really important issues, the government, no matter who is, which party is in power, never seems to pursue the will of the people because they're not accountable. Because, they don't ha- because the way that the system is set up, they don't actually have to be accountable. It's true of the corporations, too. I mentioned this on the show yesterday, but we were told that, you know, listen, the government, maybe that's really corrupt, but hey, at least the corporations are responding to market forces you know, market incentives. Well, I don't, I don't think that's the case. I think that the corporations are responding to BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, pushing ESG policies, among other nefarious tactics, to get those companies to go woke and push weird sex stuff and veganism and hyper-environmentalism and all this kind of stuff that the majority of the people don't want. That's not, that's not company. When, when Cracker Barrel, I, I keep using this example because it's so absurd. When Cracker Barrel starts putting vegan sausage on the menu, which I promise you not one single Cracker Barrel customer has ever asked for. 
then you know that it's not just market forces determining how these companies work. You see it, you see it through, when, when the big corporations are silencing half the country, you know it's not just market forces determining that. Speaking of uh, the UK, by the way, uh, it's not all sunny news in, in the UK. There's some sad news too. Uh, the guy who, who just became the prime minister after Liz Truss resigned, Liz Truss was the shortest serving prime minister in UK history. Uh, just served just 45 days or so, a little bit more now that she's officially out of office. Uh, Rishi Sunak is the new prime minister. Uh, he's the former chancellor of the Exchequer. He's best known for signing all of those COVID checks on the big lockdown policies from COVID. Uh, Rishi Sunak is a, a big fan and supporter of the World Economic Forum. He also received even an implicit endorsement of the Chinese Communist Party. <laughs> this guy is just terrible. I like him a little bit because he looks somewhat like an Indian version of me. So it's good. I like having my you know political cousins in office. But the guy, it, it, and what's crazy is Rishi Sunak is supposedly a conservative. He's supposedly a Tory, but he's not. Nigel Farage just came out. He said he can't support any candidate because, as I, as I said last week, the globalist coup has succeeded. There is no conservative party. It is dead. And in fact, many, in, in many ways, the way that Rishi Sunak became the prime minister was because the liberal establishment did not get its preferred candidate when Liz Truss became prime minister. And so they did everything they could to tank the pound and tank the British economy so that she would be forced from office so that they could get the much more liberal candidate that they did want. And why? Because they want to undo Brexit, because they want to uh, undo Britain's new claims for common sense and national sovereignty. And, and they want to undo all of that. And so it's sort of like the empire strikes back. You're seeing that here in the United States too, with our very favorite court jester conservative, that would be, of course, Liz Cheney, who is now threatening, uh, if, if Donald Trump is the nominee in 2024, she is now threatening to run for president herself. I'm focused on what we've got to do to save the country from this very dangerous moment we're in. Um, you know, not right now on, on whether I'm going to be a candidate or not. There's some people suggest if you were a third party candidate, it would be enough to stop Trump. Well, we will do whatever it takes. As I said, he will not be the president of the United States again. We will do whatever it takes. He will not be the president of the United States. Now, it sounds like bluster, but it is a little bit ominous, actually, coming from Liz Cheney, because even though Liz Cheney pretends to be a Republican, on all the crucial issues, she sides with the Democrats, and she goes on the Democrat TV stations and spouts Democrat talking points, and she is a, a representative of the Democrat establishment, which does have a lot of power and which prevented Trump from, from winning re-election in 2020 and admitted that they did that by rigging the election in a very lengthy Time Magazine article. That, and and we, we know that they rigged the, the election. We saw it, especially in Pennsylvania. We saw a lot of shenanigans in Georgia, Arizona, and elsewhere as well. So when, when Liz Cheney comes out and says, Donald Trump will not be the president, you, you do kind of wonder, you say, okay, look, Liz Cheney is never going to be president. Sure. And this woman has no popular support whatsoever. But if she's speaking as a mouthpiece of the liberal establishment, as I think she is, then she might be onto something. She might say, we, we are going to do whatever we can to stop the American people from electing the person that they want. To save our sacred democracy, we have to stop the people from exercising their democratic rights. And you're seeing the same kind of talk. Well, we talked about it at the very top of the show 
with that MSNBC lady trying to knock down Doug Mastriano, who is a, a gubernatorial candidate in Pennsylvania. We got the election coming up very, very soon. We've got Doug Mastriano on the show, actually. So you're going to want to stay tuned because that is going to be on the member block. The rest of the show continues now. If you do not want to miss it, if you are not a member, click the link in the description and join us.